Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Uh, as we're planning for Family Weekend uh, in our teaching series, we're continuing today our teaching series on family values, family values. Uh, so this series, uh, as we are in part two, uh, this series is about walking out the faithfulness to God in our families, in our close relationships. Just uh, as we are called to faithfulness in our life and our walk with the Lord, we believe that same call extends to faithfulness in our family relationships. And so uh, this series is about bringing that truth into life in our families. Uh, We believe, and, and it's true, that everybody has family. And family is so important, but we recognize within that that a teaching series on family may look different for each one of us. We all approach family from a little bit unique of a place. You, you might be married with kids. You, you might be a single parent or grandparent. You might be an aunt or an uncle or a brother or a sister, but you might be the only Jesus that your family ever gets to see. Everyone has relationships with family. Everyone has uh, those close relationships, and we believe that they are so important. But most importantly, we believe that family matters to God. Your family matters to the Lord. So the question is, what does it take? What does it look like to build a godly family no matter what our role is in it? I think we all know family well enough to know that family can be messy. Family can be really hard, and family can be painful. And if you would look at the creation story throughout Genesis, uh, we see the creation of the first family in Genesis 2, and it's only 12 verses later, 12 verses later, we find the first family feud enter our story. Sin and denial and uh, blame-placing and, and, and finger-pointing all entered the family story just 12 verses later. So throughout this series, we are uh, seeking to restore faithfulness, build strength. And in this journey, we're clinging to two truths. We're clinging to two truths that I believe can change everything in your family relationships. First, we believe that there is hope. And we believe that there is help. We believe that there is hope for your family today. And we believe that there is help for your family. Despite the attacks, the pressure, the messiness of family, this series is specifically about seeking the Lord because we believe it's His help that we need. And it's His hope that will see us 
through. Last week, as we kicked off this series, we began uh, focusing kind of on the one central element, the one thing that must be true in our family relationships, and that is Christ. That is Jesus, the, the foundation of strengthening in our families, of, of growing faithfulness in those relationships is a focus on the person of Jesus. Practically, th- that means that we are committed to, to bringing Christ-like values, His principles into those relationships, into those relationships with those closest to us. In John 15, uh, Jesus sets the standard for His disciples. He sets the standard for love when He tells them in verse 12. He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Think about the magnitude of that statement. The the, the way we've been loved by Jesus, the way we've experienced His love, and the sacrificial, the compassionate, merciful love that we have received in Christ is the way we are called to love one another. Love as I have loved you. You see, Family Values, this series is not about asking the question, am I loving my family? No, this question, this series is asking the question, how? Am I loving my family? Jesus set that standard when he said, love as I have loved you. Today, as we continue with part two of our series, we're looking at the truth. Literally, we're we're looking at the importance of God's word in our family relationships. I would invite you to stand. Uh, We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter six. I would just invite you to stand. Those that are able for the reading of God's word. Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 4, says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Thank you. You may be seated this morning. Uh, In this brief passage of Scripture, we, we see three commands that come in quick succession here. Love the Lord God with all. Love the Lord God with everything that you are. Second command says, keep the commandments on your hearts. On your hearts. And finally it says, teach them to your children, to future generations. You could say that there were many reasons that God created family, but we see here that one key reason is that family is to be the garden for God's Word to grow. It's to be a garden. God's Word as the foundation of our families, as a family value, uh, doesn't mean that we occasionally fact-check life against the Scriptures. It, It doesn't mean that we only turn to the Scriptures when things get hard or when things get messy. To see God's Word as the foundation, as a family value, means that we allow the Scriptures to shape us, to shape our family and our relationships. And it's also a commissioning. (laughs) It's a commissioning to pass that on to those that God has entrusted to our care. You see, in a healthy family, in a God-honoring family, the Bible isn't just something. It's everything. It's everything. 
And I know there's many experiences represented in the room today, but I would guess, I would guess that there are many of you who experienced God's Word lived out and taught through family members, uh, by parents that were taking you to church or praying in the home, by grandparents or aunts or uncles that took you to vacation Bible school at the church down the road, or perhaps there was a godly coach or a mentor that spoke truth into your life. Many of us have experienced that. And as, as a kid, I, I remember uh, my grandfather doing this. Uh, on, now, it, was, it would have been on an extremely rare occasion, you see, that I was acting up or being misbehaving. First service laughed, too. I don't know what, the, what is up with that. But on this extremely rare occasion that I was acting up or getting a little out of line, uh, my granddaddy, without raising his voice, without missing a beat, he would say, do unto others. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. He would roll off the golden rule. Jesus' own words from Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Now, back then, uh, I don't remember ever stopping and saying, well, granddaddy, thank you for sharing God's word with me. No, it was an interruption to my agenda as a boy. What are you doing? But you know, that investment took him 10 seconds at a time. But you know, some 30-odd years later, I realized that was one way he was living out his family values for God's Word, impressing that upon his grandkids, because I wasn't the only one that got that. <laughs> Do unto others. But you see, that's the power of God's Word in our family relationships. Whether it was church with relatives, VBS with cousins, or, or memories with grandparents, there's small gestures uh, in our lives that were seeds of faith, seeds of God's Word sown, passed on into our lives, and they were planted there by family and close relationships. They were watered by grace, and they've been grown into a saving relationship with Jesus. The family is the garden of God's Word. And now it's my turn, <laughs> and it's your turn to see that be a reality in somebody else's life, to see that be true in your family. So, so what family values are you passing on? What family values are you impressing upon those in your family? That's the question today. We're also wrestling with this idea, this question is the Word of God foundational for your life? Let's pray together. Lord, um, we thank you today for your Word. Lord, I thank you for uh, small seeds of your Word. Not planted in the church, those were important. Not planted in Sunday school, those were important too. But Lord, seeds of your Word planted riding down the road before meals. Lord, from a coach or a leader or a friend. God, we thank you for those seeds of your word. So, Lord, today we seek to hear the importance and understand the importance of, of our lives being shaped by your word, and we want to hear the call and the commissioning to share that word with others, to see our family be shaped by your word. Come, Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts today, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.
So our teaching text today was found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and if you were to unpack either side of that story, uh, th- these words were spoken by Moses to the people of the children of Israel uh, as they were about to enter the promised land. Uh, you see, they, they've been on a 40-year detour. Uh, if you would rewind back to Exodus, uh, they had some issues with disobedience, and, and so that God led them on this journey of 40 years in the desert, and, and so Deuteronomy is kind of like a reset or a restatement, if you will, of the original covenant that God had made with his people. And so uh, Moses is urging the people here on, on the threshold of the promised land. He's urging them to be faithful, to remember all that God has done and not to fall into the trap that the previous generations had done. And he's calling them to remember, and he begins here in verse 4. He says, hear, O Israel, hear. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You may recognize uh, these words from the New Testament from Jesus' teaching that this was the most important command of all the law and the prophets. Love the Lord God with your all. Love Him with all. All. And as Moses is, is starting here in verse 4, there are generations of Jewish people who had gone before Jesus that had been reciting this very prayer every day, and they, they called it the Shema. And it was, it was like a national anthem or a pledge of allegiance, if you will, for the Jewish people. They would recite this prayer multiple times a day. It became a part of who they were. It was as natural as their breathing, and it had permeated their being. And it's a beautiful truth for us today that we might commit to memory. But, but on this, the cusp of the promised land, Moses is saying that they not only need to hear these words, that they need to take them in, they need to consider them deeply. And that's really the idea here behind to hear, is to deeply consider, to meditate, to let it land in our innermost being. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Moses is calling for a remembrance. They, for 40 plus years, and then back into the Exodus from Egypt, they've seen God's faithfulness. They've seen his mighty power. And he's saying, Remember. Remember. And if you would do a, a quick word search, you'll see this idea of remembrance come up again and again in the scriptures as Moses wants them to remember. And the truth that we see here is that the reality of who God is and what he's done, his faithfulness calls for a response from his people. Who God is recalls for a response from his people. And our response, the response that Moses is calling for is an overwhelming devotion to him. Overwhelming, consuming love for the Lord our God. That's only response to the Lord. He deserves our all. Moses continues, he says in verse 6, These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. To base your life and your family on the Word of God, to, to see that be true in, in your relationships, it must be true in our heart. We must be people who are shaped by God's word. 
Moses is, is calling the family of God not only to hear the words that he's saying, but to know them, to allow them to penetrate their hearts, to be changed by God's word. To consider the precepts, the commands, the lawgiver himself. Be transformed by the word of God. The author of Hebrews in the New Testament uh, in chapter 4 says, For the word of God is alive and active. It's alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You see, to see the Word of God as foundational in the family, foundational in our lives, is to be searched by the Scriptures, to be transformed by the Scriptures, to embody the truth that they communicate. And this commission to be transformed by God's Word doesn't just stop with our lives. We're to share that and spread that with others. Verse 7, he says, impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. That pretty much covers all of life, doesn't it? And on the brink of the promised land, they're about to step into what they've longed for, what they've longed to see. God's promise for them is just across the way, and they're about to step into that. And on the brink of that inheritance, Moses wants the people to remember. Every day, every way that they go, remember the Lord God. Teach the Word. Tell the Word. Live the Word. And we see in these few verses the importance of our response, yes, to love the Lord, but we see the importance and the command to share that life, to tell that story to others, to shape our families by His Word. Some translations say there, uh, teach them diligently to your children. You see, in our family relationships, we're to give earnest focus and attention to sharing and communicating the Word of God with our loved ones to allow His Word to penetrate even those relationships. I mean, just think about it. Talk about them when you're at home and you're just relaxing or, or Netflix is on. When you're going down the road, you're headed to school or to work or to Costco or to Walmart. Uh, when you're resting and you're just chilling and, and taking it easier. When you're on vacation at the Outer Banks. Uh, when you're getting up and getting your coffee, getting ready to go to work. Talk about the Word of the Lord. Verse 8, he says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Uh, write them on the door frames of your home and on your gates. By Jesus' day, um, some Jews had begun taking this command literally, and I have a picture of what that uh, looks like today. They would put scriptures uh, in a box called a phylactery, and they would literally strap it to their head so that it was on their head, on their mind. They would nail small boxes uh, containing Scripture to the door frames of their home. And th the heart behind this command was not necessarily literal, like, you know, Bibles on heads. But this was about getting this Word always before us so that as we're thinking, as we're processing, as we're planning, it's through the filters, through the lens and the transformation of God's Word. And as you would strap it to your hands, the idea is uh, God's Word is visible in how we act. It shows up in how we live. Bind them to your foreheads and to your hands. 
Every time we, we set out of our house on Monday morning to go to work, to do the routine, have it before you. Every time you come home and are working with your family, have God's Word before you. And friends, there is something about this that works. It changes you. It gets sticky in your mind. It comes out of you. And we've gotten to witness this uh, with Eliza. She has this uh, children's song, a CD song, um, that my precious wife plays and lives with many, many hours a week. Uh, but it's, it's this CD where it contains little like children's rhymes and songs that are teaching biblical stories and verses and principles. And, and she wants to listen to this thing all the time, constantly. The same songs over and over and over again. Like, it's full confession. It can be hard on your sanity. Uh, but you know what's happened? That began in the car. It began uh, on the ride to Kids Harbor. It began there. But now, at less than four years old, she'll be in the kitchen as we're washing dishes or making dinner. She's singing a song about Joshua taking on Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Jericho, Jericho. It just comes out of her. She knows that Jesus loves me because Jesus loves me, this I know. Let your little light shine, put it under a bush. No. That scripture that, that has been come ingrained in her mind because it's just played as we're going and as we're coming, sometimes to our demise. <laughs> but you see, it works works. I wish I could say we took full credit and that was some strategic move on our part as parents. It wasn't. But what could it look like? What could it look like in our family relationships? You see, I think we hear this sometimes and our minds go to Bible study, which is good. Please go to one. Go to five. But what about the everyday, ordinary Movements of our life are coming and are going when we get up and when we lay down and when we go in and when we come out. What would that look like? Maybe it's a CD that teaches you to sing songs like Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. What could it be? What could it be? If you were to go on in the narrative of Deuteronomy, uh, in chapter 11, Moses goes through this same plan again. It's this same recite of this list again. Teach the commandments to your kids. Talk about them at home, on the road, post them on your door frames, keep them on your mind, in the CD thing, in the car all the time. But you see, time and time again, throughout Deuteronomy, Moses is specifically, intentionally calling his people to remember the Lord. A quick word search, I didn't get down into it deep, but a quick word search, remember or remembrance, comes up in Deuteronomy about 15 or 16 times, depends on your translation. 15 or 16 times. Why? You see, uh, they were about to enter a land full of farms and vineyards and homes and cities, a land of full and flowing with milk and honey. And Moses did not want his people to step into this beautiful and comfortable life and forget the Lord. And I know that there's a couple thousand years that separate us today from the people uh, in Deuteronomy 6, but we are united in the danger of forgetting the Lord amidst our busyness. 
We share that today. We share that today. You see, God's word is the foundation of our family, is to walk this out every moment of every day to be shaped by his word. And it's an urgent commissioning to shape others, to speak truth into others' lives. You see, this has been going on for generations. For generations, family has been shaped by the Word of God, and family has been a primary means by which people have come to hear about the Lord. So as we're in this series, Family Values, we're we're trying to make it practical. We're trying to get down into the daily things. Like, What can this look like? What can this look like? We want to have takeaways, and and for us today, God's Word is the foundation for our family. I I want us to to focus in on two things, uh, two foundational truths, two steps we can take, if you will. Uh, And I want to introduce them to you in maybe a unique way. Uh, I want to play a song uh, that's been a part of my life for a long time. I, I, I apologize in advance. I couldn't find a YouTube video that was live, so it's just the album cover on still. If that distracts you, just close your eyes and listen. But I want to introduce you two things that we can consider today as we try to bring this truth into our family relationships. Listen to the words uh, of this song, and then we'll come back and unpack it. See some friends of mine Of all the books and magazines Not a Bible could I find I asked them for the Bible When they brought it, what a shame For the dust was covered over Not a fingerprint was plain Dust on the Bible Dust on the Holy Word The words of all the prophets And the sayings of our Lord of all the other books you'll find There's not salvation for Get the dust off the Bible And redeem your poor soul Oh, you can read your magazines Of love and tragic things But not one word of Bible verse Not a scripture do you know truth, its content's good for you. If dust is covered over, it's sure to do your soul. Dust on the Bible, dust on the Holy Word, the words of all the prophets and the sayings of our Lord. Of all the other books you'll find, there's none salvation hope. Get the dust off the Bible and redeem your poor soul. Dust on the Bible, dust on the Holy Word, the words of all the prophets and the sayings of our Lord. Of all the other books you'll find, there's none salvation hope. Get the dust off the Bible and redeem your poor soul. I know some of you are really doubting that there's two things in that. It can be a little hard with that much twang in music to pick up on the lyrics, but I just want to just share the chorus with you. 
It says, dust on the Bible, dust on the Holy Word. The words of all the prophets and the sayings of our Lord. Of all the other books you'll find, there's none salvation holds. Get that dust off the Bible and redeem your poor soul. Friends, if we're going to see the foundation of our family be the Word of God, we must dust off our Bibles. We can't hope to pass on the legacy of God's Word to our families if we're not living it and in it ourselves. You can't give a legacy you don't have. The daily prayer, the daily pledge of allegiance for hundreds of generations before us, faithful followers of God in history, their lives have been a living response to the one true God, loving them with their all, seeing their lives shaped after Him. And friends, that invitation is the same before us today, to see our lives transformed by the Lord God Himself to see our lives shaped and molded after the word that he has set before us. It must be true in our lives if we hope to pass it on to others. And I want to be clear this morning. This is not the preacher uh, standing up with a legalistic measure saying, read the Bible more. We can all stand to read the Bible more. I'm just going to say but, but there's an invitation here, you see. There's an invitation to get into the Word, to allow the Word to get into us and be changed by the one who the Word's about. Get into the Word. Look, for, for some of you, maybe that is literally dusting off the Bible at home. Will you start there? Not because some preacher said so, but because you want to know more about the Lord. You want to know His Word within you. Would you start there? If you don't know where to start, start in the Gospel of Luke and then jump to Acts. One author, one story. Read Luke and Acts. Get into the story. Allow the people, the character, and the the move of Jesus that you see, allow it to get in you and transform you. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. Will you just begin today? For some of you, you're like, brother, I can't read more than two and a half sentences at a time and I'm distracted. I feel you. I'm just saying there are so many free Bible apps in these smartphones today. Pick one and listen to God's word. Listen to it while you're washing dishes, while you're running on the treadmill. Whatever you're doing, get into it. Don't be bound by the legalistic thing of, oh, preacher said I got to read the word. No, preacher's inviting you any way possible. Get into it and allow it to get into you. You may have been reading the Bible now for 80 years. And so maybe the call is to commit it to meditating on a small portion of scripture and allowing the Holy Spirit to search you. Maybe it's memorization. Whatever it is, there's an invitation before every one of us today, an invitation to get the Word into us. Will you dust off the Bible and get into the Word from wherever you're at today? And second, as we have heard and studied the the commissioning Will you accept, will you accept the commission in your family relationships to plant seeds of the Word of God? 
you accept that call today? However family looks for you right now, those people that God has entrusted you with, will you look for those small ways to plant seeds of God's word? Some of y'all still hung up on hee-haw, like why on earth did we play that? Because I've heard that song now for over 30 years. Because I first heard it in an early 1990 single cab two-tone Ford Ranger. With my granddaddy driving, we'd be going hunting or fishing or hardies, you know, really important things. But that CD, uh, it wasn't a CD in that time, it was a cassette tape. And He Hall Gospel was in there, and boy, we wore that thing out. But look at the seeds that were planted. And I have such a blessing that there, uh, other grandparents were, man, we were just little kids ringing the Salvation Army bell, ding, 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 for hours at Christmas because they were investing. Our parents that made sure we were in church and to the Bible schools and all those things. And look, I understand that might not be your story today, but it is your opportunity to see that be true for somebody else. Will you step into the commissioning today to see God's word permeate your family relationships and future generations? It might be Bible studies. I'm for it. <laughs> but it might be a hee-haw gospel cassette in your Ford Ranger going fishing. It might be uh, saying, hey, hey, family, before we, before we eat Thanksgiving dinner, could we pray? What could it be? Could it be something really simple? As you're going out and you're coming in, you're going to work and going to Costco and the restaurant, could it be some small way that you start there and see his word transform your family? This call, this commissioning, this invitation, it's probably not going to happen overnight. I know it'll never happen perfectly in my own life. <laughs> but will you just say yes? Will you say yes to getting into God's Word and getting His Word into you? And will you say yes, follow the Spirit's leading to see His Word into your families? If you need a copy of Hee Haw, I'll, I'll hook you. It might not be the big things that we do might be the small everyday things. Will you say yes? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thanks for your word. Lord, I thank you uh, for the gospel seeds that were planted in my life through things like He Hall Gospel Quartet. <laughs> Salvation Army Bells. <laughs> thanks, Lord. I'm a debtor. Lord, will you show us today? Lord, I, I pray for that heart today that is so blinded by legalism. All they hear is someone yelling more rules at them. Lord, I pray that you would open their heart to see an invitation. An invitation to be transformed by your word. Lord, because we know that, that your word is, is a reflection, is telling us of who you are. God, I pray that there would be no legalistic burden in the room today. There would only be a hunger for you. And a 
hunger to see small ways that we can share you, share your word with our families, Lord. Will you show us those ways today and in the days ahead? And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.